Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. Today, I wanted to give you a chance to get to know me a little more. So I'm taking you through the interview questions I like to ask of other IBD patients, but I'll be answering with my own story today. I started this podcast this year to give those of us with Crohn's and colitis a voice to share with others. So over the years, I have gained so much knowledge and hope and inspiration from listening to the stories of other IBD patients. And so I wanted to make this podcast a tool and a resource for for the patients out there like me. For I've had IBD for 12 and a half years now, and I've always searched the internet for stories of people who are going through the same thing that I was. And so I hope to bring on a wide variety of Crohn's and colitis patients who can be here and share their stories and just let you, the listeners, know what they've been through, that you're not alone, and maybe give you some hope and ideas for what you can do in in order to help your own Crohn's or colitis management. And honestly, with the technology, I figure there couldn't be a better way than to go ahead and just do this in a podcast platform. I searched and I couldn't find anything else like this as a Crohn's patient, something that I wanted to listen to, something I wanted to learn from. And so I thought, it's not out there. Let me go ahead and just and create it. So also, I just want to throw out a quick apology. I know the audio on the first couple of these may not have been optimal, so I've been working with that, and from here on out, I believe the audio should be better. I've got some new setups in place, so we should be rocking and rolling from here on out. So let's go ahead and just jump right into this interview with myself, and we'll go ahead and get going, and I'll share my story with you. So first, you might be wondering where the name Crohn's Fitness Food came from. And I actually started a blog probably about a year and a half ago because, as I said earlier, I wanted to be able to, well, I'd learned so much from reading the stories of other people. And so about a year and a half ago, I started my blog because I wanted to repay that, so to speak. I wanted to share my story and hope that maybe it would inspire someone else or give someone else with Crohn's and colitis information or ideas on what to do with their own disease management. And for people who don't know what Crohn's and colitis is, hopefully it will give, if people stumble upon my blog, it'll give them an idea of what this disease is. It's just one more voice out there. So when I started the blog, I called it Crohn's Fitness Food and My Rocky Road to Health. And so that's kind of where this whole thing started and where Crohn's Fitness Food came into play. So the first thing I typically ask 
the people I interview is to have them tell me their crone story. The first flare and lead up to the diagnosis. So I want to go ahead and share my own story. And growing up, I was a very active kid. I did a lot of gymnastics. I played sports, but I was also able to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I was not overweight. I did not have digestive troubles. I ate a lot of junk food. Um, and it wasn't until a couple years into college is when I noticed I started having blood with my bowel movements. And that was probably 2001, 2002. And I know we still don't know exactly what causes Crohn's disease. So I have my own theories that it's probably this combination of a whole life of terrible food and destroying my gut microbiome. And then I got into the army and it was nothing but ibuprofen and naproxen. So probably further destroyed my army or destroyed my intestines. And then in the army, I had the anthrax vaccinations as well. And so I think I had some genetic predispositions. I didn't take care of my gut. And I think in the end, it created this perfect environment for Crohn's for inflammatory bowel disease to, to exist. I do have autoimmune disease in my family, but not Crohn's. And so there's different forms of arthritis and some other diseases that are in my family, but I'm the first one with inflammatory bowel disease. So it was in college that I noticed I had blood in my stool. And of course, being, you know, 19 years old, I, I thought the best course of action was to ignore that, um, which it's not. And I say that jokingly in hindsight, but it's really, it's not something to ignore, but I did. And I'm sure a lot of people out there can probably relate to just knowing that this is embarrassing. I had blood with my bowel movements. I was living away from home. I didn't know who to tell. It was embarrassing. The internet was really in its infancy back in the, you know, early 2000, 2001. And so I didn't want to go down into the dorm computer lab and start Googling things like bleeding from the rectum. So I kind of just lived with it in silence. And I didn't have any serious pain that made me want to go into the hospital. I did notice that food would start to bother me, but it wasn't anything that I could, you know, it wasn't anything that kept me from my day-to-day -day activities. So I, I kind of put up with this, this bleeding and this growing uncomfortable pain in my stomach. And I tended to just stop eating a lot of foods. I noticed lettuce for me was probably the first food I was able to identify that was really causing me trouble. I used to go out to lunch with my friends. Um, back in the early 2000s, I was a brand new second lieutenant and we'd all go out to lunch and I'd get a salad thinking I was being healthy. And I would just be in so much pain for the rest of the day. I would sit at my desk and my stomach just bloated and it felt like there were knives in my intestines. And I just figured maybe, maybe I couldn't tolerate lettuce anymore. And of course, I still had the bleeding going on, but I didn't, I didn't attribute one to the other. And so 
I just kind of, over the next couple of years, I just went along like that. And I went through, I was in the army, so I did a couple of years in the army, only two and a half years because I broke a bone in my foot. And so that's actually the reason why I got out of the army was I ended up with a broken, broken bone in my foot. And so it was 2004 and I was just barely released from the army and I had started working from home as a, a graphic designer, web designer. And it was a couple of months into that, that all of a sudden I had my very first flare. No question about it. I was working and suddenly the diarrhea urge just hit me and I ran from my home office area about 10 feet to the bathroom and barely made it. And it was just so urgent. And of course, still bleeding. So it was bloody diarrhea. And that went on and on. The minute I would think I was done, I had to have, I had another bout of diarrhea. So I pretty much laid next to the toilet 24 seven, because I think initially the bouts of diarrhea was every, every 15 minutes. And it, it went on that day, the next day, the next day it went on for a week. And I knew it was bad, and I kept thinking I should go to the hospital. But the problem was the hospital was about a 30 to 40-minute drive from my house. And my husband at the time, who's now my ex-husband, but he was out of town for work, and so I was home alone. And I knew that I could not go, I couldn't go more than 15 minutes without having to have an episode of diarrhea and I couldn't couldn't hold it and I know some of you out there listening can completely relate to that and so I did not go to the hospital because I I knew I couldn't make it you know 30 minutes in the car and not go so that went on um pretty much I was working at home so I just stayed by the toilet I lived in the bathroom for about you know a month month and a half and I didn't eat a lot and I was constantly going to the bathroom. And my husband had finally come home from being out of town. And I'd lost probably 15 pounds. I looked like a skeleton. I wasn't ever very big. So I, I, drip, I dropped below about 110 pounds, which I hadn't been that low since before high school. And I told him I would go to the hospital. And then he had to go back out of town again. But it took me probably probably another three weeks before I actually went into the hospital because I still wasn't able to go an hour without going to the bathroom. And that was my goal. I thought, if I can go an hour, then I know I can make it to the hospital, park, and get inside and go to the bathroom. And so all of this, my first episode, probably, you know, that first rushed to the bathroom probably happened in I think it was about September of 2004 and by the time I got to the hospital I went to the emergency room I didn't know where else to go and then it was January of the next year and then it took a while because I went to the ER so they gave me a bunch of antibiotics and medications that didn't help and so then it was 
they finally decided we'll put in a consult for gastroenterology. But it took about another two months before I could finally get to the gastroenterology office and see a doctor. And by that time, and then as soon as they saw me, they scheduled a colonoscopy and it, it was finally about April. And so January, February, March, it was probably, you know, seven, six months since my first attack, since that first flare up that I finally had the colonoscopy and everything had kind of settled down enough, I think, because I wasn't eating for the most part. And so my intestines had kind of calmed down. And the report came back that it was signs of of Crohn's disease, but it had pretty much healed. And so they didn't put me on medication right away. And so I kind of stumbled along for a couple of years. I tried some of the basic oral, like the mesalamine, took a bunch of those tablets. And then it was a couple years into this process that they finally, and a, you know, a few more colonoscopies later, that they finally put me on Humira. And I, I did okay with that. Um, the Humira helped, but it didn't give me a hundred percent relief. And so I still had to watch what I ate and I still had some bad days, but overall I functioned and, and I did well, but because it didn't give me that hundred percent relief, that's why I think I started down this path of looking for complementary treatments, alternative treatments, and it just kind of got me to where I'm at today. So that's kind of in a nutshell, that is my Crohn's story. And it's been, you know, many colonoscopies and many doctors later and 12 and a half years, here I am. So to a lot of people, it looks like I'm managing my IBD very well now. And, you know, in truth, I am. I've gone through periods of taking medications and then I've gone off medications. And every time I've done that, I've talked with my doctor about my desire to go off the medications. And they've always been very supportive of me. And I know that it can sound kind of crazy when the patient comes in and says, you know, I know I have this chronic disease, but I don't want to take anything. And so um, one of the doctors that I did that with, I'm actually on my, I think my third doctor, just because when I was, uh, when my husband, my ex-husband was active duty military, I still went to the military hospital. And then when we got divorced and I was, I still had VA benefits. And so I went to the VA hospital. And so then I got a new doctor and then since then, I've gotten another doctor, but but uh, that doctor that I'd had at the VA hospital was really supportive. So when I did go off medications, we did a colonoscopy to make sure I was in remission, that I was starting in a good spot um, to set myself up for the best success to do this. And then I did a fermented food, probiotic-rich diet that was all organic and grass-fed meat, wild-caught fish. And I did pretty well on that for about a year, year and a half. And I think my only downfall was then I started to date again. And so I met who's who's now my current, my my husband now, but we met. And when we started dating, of course, we'd, we'd go out and then we'd have, I'd just see him on the weekends and we'd have pizza night. And so I'd, I'd fudge on my diet a little bit and 
I would eat the pizza and then we'd get dessert and I'd eat the, you know, the cinnamon knots from Papa John's. And uh, I think that was my downfall because it was a few months doing that and Crohn's had started to come back with a vengeance. So back on medication for a while. And then it's been about two years ago, I tried to come off medication again, which was my second time. And so far, I've been staying off medication. I've, it's kind of, I describe it as walking a tightrope. There's some days you're feeling great and you're doing it, and other days you slip and you're not doing so great. So I do have some up and downs, but not nothing as severe, especially as that very first time. So it's been a lot of trial and error for me, and it's been frustrating a lot. And so I know a lot of people out there listening, I'm sure, because that's the way I felt was I just want to know the one thing I can do that will help. What's the one diet? What's the one supplement? And unfortunately, it, it's not one diet. It's not one supplement. It's not one thing. And it's a lot of trial and error and figuring out what works for our own body and our own situation. So it took a long time for me to identify certain foods that were giving me trouble. And it took a long time for me to learn how to how to manage my stress so that that could help calm my body down. And it's just taken a long time to go through supplements to see if there's some that are working, some that are not working. And even to this day, it's just an ongoing process. And there's been many days where I felt like it's been two steps forward, one step back, sometimes two steps back, sometimes three steps back. Um, but I keep going forward. And so I think it's important to stop and reflect on your journey periodically to really recognize that that we are still moving forward that we're still thriving and we're still working to be better because i think that's it can be easy to forget that and it can be you know one bad day and it can really be easy to go down this spiral of why is this happening you know, I was doing so good yesterday, or maybe I was doing so good an hour ago. <laughs> and we know how quickly things can change. So I think it's important to reflect and look at the whole picture from time to time and, and see what happens and just feel, feel like you are moving forward. So one thing I ask people is whether or not they feel like they've gained any control over their disease as the years go by. And I've had Crohn's since 2000 and, well, I guess it was actually 2006. I think I said 2004 at the beginning, but I joined the army in 2004. I got out of the army in 2006 and that's when Crohn's hit. So sorry about that uh, <laughs> type, I guess typo, the audio typo. But 2006 is when Crohn's hit me. So it's been a little over 12 years. And do I feel like I've gained any control? Yes and no. I feel like I'm learning 
how my body responds to certain foods. I feel like I'm learning how my body responds to different types of exercise and knowing that I can feel good or what I can do to feel good. Maybe it's yoga one day, maybe it's a high intensity session one day, but I feel like I'm, I'm learning to navigate the disease more than, more than having control because every time, every time I think I'm getting things under control and I feel like I'm in a good spot, Crohn's likes to remind me that it's still there. <laughs> and so I'm sure, I'm sure probably a lot of you feel that same way. So control, I don't think so, but I think I'm learning to navigate it. And so I mentioned a little bit about food. And I always ask the people I talk to, I always ask them about food because I find it so fascinating. It's, you know, it's the same disease. It's inflammatory bowel disease that we all have, but yet it affects us in so many different ways, especially with food. And I remember I used to work with this one girl who also had Crohn's and I'd go downstairs to heat up my lunch, which would just be a leftover steak because I did good eating steak. And so I'd eat my meat and then she'd come up from the cafeteria and she had a, a big giant salad with lots of vegetables. And, you know, we just laughed a little bit because we both had Crohn's. And for me, lettuce would have just made me miserable. And the exact opposite was true for her. A meat, you know, a meal of just meat would have made her absolutely miserable. And so I do get a lot of people who ask me what I eat. And I pretty much eat meat because for me, meat is a safe food. I don't end up in pain if I eat meat. And so, so I, I really nowadays I do basically the carnivore diet, but it's it's more of a carnivore plus and it's ketofied. And so for a couple of years I did, I mentioned I did a probiotic, highly fermented food diet and I did pretty good. And so I was making my own sauerkraut. I made old fashioned sourdough bread and I was eating meats and organic vegetables and I did okay. And then my body changed and the Crohn's symptoms were coming back and so so I had to change what I was doing and this was about a little over a year ago when Sean Baker Dr. Sean Baker first went on the Joe Rogan podcast and kind of lit this whole carnivore movement you know got it going and he's really really been a big voice behind it now and so I started this carnivore diet in January of 2018 and I ate only meat basically meat um, so ribeyes steaks bacon eggs so animal products and I did that and I traveled and I did really well and I did that for about six months but then about seven or eight months into it I noticed things were not as good as they used to be and so I started I went back to tinkering and I added in some avocado and then I added in my raw milk. I'd gone off the raw milk for a while, but I do, I do drink that. 
And then I have some protein shakes that I do like to make that, that don't bother my digestive system. Many of the brands do, but I found a couple brands that don't bother me. So I do, I kind of call it a carnivore plus diet, but the only problem with that is there's a, there's a ferret food called carnivore plus. So to me, it makes it sound like a ferret food, but, um, but I eat primarily meats is I'd say 85% of my diet. I do drink coffee. I do enjoy drinking wine. So those are part, those are a part of my diet. I do like charcuterie. So I'll have you know, meats and cheese, and I'll eat eggs. I have my protein shakes and that, and a green drink. I do have a green drink I, I like to make and put in some extra glutamine and extra supplements. So that's pretty much what I eat now, which means there's a big long list of foods that I don't eat. Um, chocolate, I'm disappointed to say chocolate is probably the worst food for me to eat, even though I love it, <laughs> but, but that I have to avoid. I've tried a lot of different diets over the years. I've tried the specific carbohydrate diet, which I know a lot of people do find relief on. But for me, it's real funny. I think, you know, interesting. I believe that I tried the FOD, the low FODMAP diet, the specific carbohydrate diet, um, some of these other paleo type diets. But when I did that, it's almost as if there was too much variety for me. And so I have such a bad sweet tooth and I would go straight to the dessert section of all of these food ways of eating and I would make all the desserts and I would eat them. And I think the problem is there was just too many sweeteners, almond flours, coconut flours, things that are hard to digest. And so I couldn't follow the diets because there was almost too much variety for me, which is why the carnivore diet really seemed to work for me. I was able to just focus on meat and meat only. <laughs> and, and I still drank wine. So that was, I guess that was my little treat to myself. So my diet has definitely evolved over the years, and I'm not saying that this is how I'm going to eat forever, because I think it's probably going to continue to evolve. And I think that's what makes IBD so hard, is because things continue to change. And so what might be working right now may not be working in another month or six months and you know maybe next year I'll have to figure out a new way to eat but it, I just take it one day at a time and I remind myself that it's all about the whole journey not just the day-to-day. -day. So I also talk a lot about fitness. I typically ask my my fellow Crohn's warriors that I interview I ask them about fitness and if you follow my Instagram then you've probably noticed that I'm very big into fitness, and I always have been. I've been athletic since I was a kid. I did cheerleading all throughout high school, cheerleading and gymnastics. And then when I got to college, I did collegiate cheerleading. And then I joined the Army, so that was a, a big shift. But funny enough, it was not as big of a shift as you might think because all those cheerleading practices and dance moves 
came in very handy for the army drill and ceremony. <laughs> so I always had very sharp, precise movements. I did very well at the drill and ceremony. But I've always been active. And so exercise has definitely played a big role in the management of my Crohn's. But I have had to learn over the years how to listen to my body because I have a tendency to do, to overdo it. And so I think I can do one high intensity interval training session. All right, let me just do seven of those a week. <laughs> and, and then it's too much and I've overtrained and my body uh, is yelling at me. So I've really had to learn what is enough and what's, you know, what's not enough and what's enough. And, and it's taken some trial and error. I do enjoy walking. So I did a lot of walking for a while. I enjoy a little bit of yoga. So I'll throw in maybe a yoga session or just a lot of stretching at the end of my workouts. And then rebounding is a new, one of the newer exercises I've been doing. And that's just jumping on a mini trampoline. And I absolutely love the rebounding because on days when I don't feel good, I can take it easy and I can do a lot of, of twisting movements, which help to just move, I think move around the intestines and it can help with bloating. Um, or it can just, it moves the lymphatic system and it just kind of helps boost your energy overall. And on days when I do feel good, you can, you have so much control over how much intensity and effort you're putting into the rebounding. So I'll have days that I just go all out on the rebounder and I'm sweating and breathing hard and it's awesome and I love it. And so I combine that with some kettlebell training. The kettlebells are a fantastic way to work out, great way to get some strength training without a lot of equipment. And I just set all this up in my house. I have a couple of big yoga mats I put out. I put out my mini trampoline, do the rebounding, and then I've got a space where I can do the kettlebell training. And then I don't have to leave the house, which is nice, especially on a day when you're not feeling good. But even when I am feeling good, it's nice to just be here at the house, get a good workout in, and have that be a part of a part of my day and a part of my life. And I do notice that when I am consistent with my training and not overtraining, I do feel more resilient and I feel like I have better management over my Crohn's. And I don't know exactly why, but I think maybe I'm just, you know, making my body stronger in general and it helps with just my overall mood and overall management of Crohn's. So fitness is definitely a big part of my life and I imagine it will continue continue to be for the rest of my life. So flares are a big thing. I I like to ask my fellow interviewees. I always ask them, what do they do when they go into a flare? And if they've noticed over the years, if there's different tips or tricks that they've that they've gathered that they find that works for them. And so so I want to ask myself that question and and share with you what I do when I start to notice Crohn's symptoms coming on. And I do want to point out that even though I'm medication free right now, I still I keep my doctor's 
in the loop. I'm always communicating with my doctors and making sure that they know what I'm doing and how I'm feeling because I know that I may have to go back on medication. And so that's the reality. I'm hoping, hoping I don't have to, but if I need to, I will. And I think that's, you know, an important thing to point out that Yes, I want to find what the best health is for me, but that may may or may not be without medication and and time time will tell. So when I start to notice my Crohn's symptoms, for me, the first sign of of you know, unsettlement, the first sign of Crohn's for me is typically a lot of mucus in my bowel movements, um diarrhea, the urgency and blood, the blood will come back. So bloody mucus is usually when I know something is not good. And I don't have a lot of tips and tricks, but I kind of just keep going back to diet. When when my intestines tell me things are going awry, I pretty much just cut back on a lot of the foods. Even though I'm not eating a lot, I'll just go ahead and restrict it to just just the meats, you know, just only steak and ribeye and water. And I'll cut back on alcohol. I'll have wine a few nights a week. And so if I'm, if I'm really having a flare, then I cut that out completely. And I've started to play with some, some supplements. The CBD oil is new for me. And I have found this last, you know, a few months ago, I started to have some of that bloody mucus coming back and I started taking CBD oil. And it was a bit of a trial and error to figure out how much I needed to take and whether or not it was going to help. And I use, and Doka is the brand, and it is a raw hemp oil. And I take, it's in the red bottle, it's their highest dose, and it basically equates to, I take the capsules and one capsule has 50 milligrams of the CBD and CBDA, which are the effective ingredients of the CBD of the hemp oil. And so I'll take that and that actually has helped quite a bit. So I take the CBD. Um, if I feel like I'm going into a flare, I cut back on the food. I try to get more rest. I'll sleep. I think sleep is a huge factor that we don't pay enough attention to. And then I really try to manage my stress. And that can be difficult, but uh, because, you know, it's hard to say no at work sometimes, but that's been one area that I've really had to work on over the years, knowing that my health is what is at stake. And then the last thing I'll do when I, you know, if I'm feeling really bad, one thing from the specific carbohydrate diet that I really did love was the chicken soup recipe. And so I'll make the chicken soup, which has a lot of, it's just the boiled chicken and boiled carrots and a couple of other ingredients and spices. And it is so easy to digest. And when I really need it, I'll just make that and I'll eat that <laughs> for a few days. So other than that, um, like I mentioned, stress is a huge thing that learning how to manage stress has been 
beneficial in the management of my Crohn's. So I've had to learn how to say no at work to things that I can't handle. Um, and one thing that I've found is also helping with, with, uh, kind of time management, but also overall feeling better is to really dive into your passions. So I started this podcast over the Christmas holidays because we launched it over, you know, Jan the first week in January. And I got to say, it was so invigorating to be talking with fellow IBD patients, you know, Crohn's and colitis fighters, and so invigorating to hear their stories, to share, to help share their stories, and to really feel like this podcast has a purpose. And, and I got so much passion and I had so much drive for that, that really that has been incredible for boosting my mood and I think helping with my Crohn's management too, because when you have something to put your energy into, it's hard to describe how grateful you can be and just what a good feeling that is. So I really encourage you to to seek out your passions, find them if you don't know what they are, and throw yourself into what you love and see what it does for your for your well-being and just your overall your overall health. The other thing I like to do to manage my stress, one one way that I can kind of get a hold of that is to schedule everything. And it might seem counterintuitive. It might seem like it would cause more stress to schedule everything, but it really helps me that if I'm going to wake up at five in the morning, I know that my routine is wake up, have my coffee, work on my blog for a little bit, uh, maybe do those things, and then shower, get dressed, and go to work. And then I know that after work, I'm going to do my workout. Um, certain nights, I'll just have you know, girls night with some friends. And so those are scheduled, but I basically schedule every part of my day. And what that does is it allows me to make sure that I'm getting in all of those things that I want to get done. It helps me to get them done. And so I feel good when I know that I've had time to work on my blog or I've had time to work on the podcast and I feel productive and it helps me feel motivated. And it makes me feel less stressed because I've been able to check those things off the block, off, you know, check those boxes and check them off the list. So those are the big things that help me when I've been going into a flare or when I'm trying to manage that stress. So one of the things I also ask the people I interview, especially because most of the, you know, the people I interview are out there already sharing their stories, they're raising awareness. And so I ask, what inspires people to really begin sharing their journey? Because Crohn's and colitis can be embarrassing diseases. And it took me 10 years before I started to share my own story. But during that whole time, I was scouring the internet looking for other people's 
stories and experiences and I was reading blogs, I was searching through forums and I was Googling every symptom and extra intestinal manifestation that may or may not have been related to Crohn's. I was Googling everything. So I was seeking that knowledge, seeking that information. But at the same time, I was not sharing my own story and I was not sharing anything about what I'd learned. And I finally, you know, it was about a year and a half ago and 10 years into my Crohn's journey, I finally realized I needed to give that gift to someone else. If my experience or my story might help one other person get that same relief or that same hope and inspiration that I got from reading other people's stories, then I needed to share that and I needed to get my story out there. And so that's why I started doing this. And that's why I've started to hopefully raise more awareness for Crohn's and colitis and help be another voice in the community to help share my story and the stories of others. And so I've just, I've become very passionate about raising, raising awareness and getting our experiences out there. And it was just my way of being able to repay that gift that I got from so many other people. And so I typically tend to ask, has being an advocate shaped, you know, your view of the disease? And I think every day that I learn about someone else's experience with IBD, I recognize even more how alike, but yet how different we each are. And so I'm not sure how to describe how that would have shaped my view of the disease, but I'm, I'm just recognizing how, you know, we give it one name, inflammatory bowel disease, but it can affect us across this wide spectrum of, you know, of symptoms. And so we're each a little bit different and it's, it's pretty amazing to recognize, to recognize that. So what's the biggest challenge I've faced since having Crohn's and how did I get through it? That's a question I, I always ask my interviewees. And honestly, I think for me, the biggest challenge has been learning how to enjoy life with restrictions. And I, you know, I hate to say that Crohn's restricts me in any way, but it does. We go, if we go traveling, then I, I still watch what I eat because I know that if I were to travel somewhere and eat all the desserts and all the junk food and all the bad food that I want to eat, <laughs> if I were to actually do that, I would end up in so much pain and be absolutely miserable. And, and so I don't. And so I've learned ways to enjoy my life while still being restricted restricted. And so I try not to focus on what I cannot have. So when we go on vacation, I try not to focus on the desserts that I want. <laughs> and I try to focus on what I can have. And for me, I can have a very nice steak dinner and a glass of wine. And so I try to focus on those things that I can have 
steak and wine, and I'll enjoy it, and it'll be a wonderful meal, and I don't focus on what I cannot have, because that doesn't help anything, and it just adds to the, the woe is me, and the spiral, the downward spiral. So I really think, and it's, it's hard, I still have to remind myself every day to be grateful and to focus on the good things in life, that I am doing well right now, that I can travel. Yes, I have a few restrictions, but I can travel and I can enjoy life and I can do those things. And so I'm still getting through it. I'm still trying everything I can to make myself the best version of myself. And I like to remain open to trying new things to see if I can become better and just improve every day. So yes, I do have Crohn's and it seems when the worst parts of Crohn's start to fade away, Crohn's will remind me that it's there. And so I need to just put that in the back of my mind and focus on living in the moment, being grateful and enjoying what I can do in life. And that's, that's, I think has been my biggest, biggest challenge is finally reaching that point. So is there anything that I wish people knew about Crohn's or colitis, but they don't? The one thing I wish people knew, um, people who don't have IBD, that I wish they knew that just because I'm smiling doesn't mean I'm not in pain. And I think those of us with inflammatory bowel disease, we become very good at hiding pain. And I mean a lot of pain. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how we can steel ourselves to it and just accept it as a part of our lives. And I know it's a, it's a fine line to walk where we want other people to know when we're not well, but yet we also don't want people to know when we're not well because we're not looking for attention, but sometimes it's hard to explain why we don't want to go out, why we don't want to do something when you just want to curl up and, and go to sleep. So one more question for myself, the last one I'll ask before I wrap up this, this self-interview. <laughs> I've had Crohn's for 12 years now, and looking back, is there something that I wish people would have told me when I was first diagnosed. And that's, uh, when I thought about this question, how I would answer it, I, looking back, you know, I really wish 12 years ago that someone would have told me to get involved in an IBD community. Because one thing that sharing all of this is shown me is that we really it really is important to know that we're not alone that the symptoms i'm experiencing someone else out there is also experiencing and so i really wish i would have found maybe a crohn's and colitis foundation group to get involved with or just an online social group to get involved with or even just a local group. I wish I would have, I wish someone would have encouraged me to get involved 
to talk about my disease with other people who had the same disease. And just being able to share your stories and learn from each other is so incredibly invaluable. There's no, there's really no words that I can put to it. So that's the one thing that I wish, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have been told and wished I would have done. But I'm doing it now, so it's better, better late than never. Well, that wraps up the interview for today. I hope you enjoyed this one, just getting a chance to hear my story um, and doing asking the same questions that I ask all of my fellow interviewees. I am a, a Gemini, which is the zodiac signs for the twins. And so interviewing myself uh, with myself, I guess, should be a natural fit for the Gemini. <laughs> But I've got more great interviews lined up for you that will be coming out on future podcast episodes and more Crohn's and colitis patients who will be sharing their stories and sharing their journeys with you. So I'm hoping that I can continue this for many, many more years to come and we will just continue to have great people come onto the show and a lot of guests and we'll be able to share a lot of knowledge. I genuinely hope that the messages I share or the messages that other people share on this podcast can give another person, no matter the age or wherever you're located in the world, some hope and inspiration and to serve as a reminder that we are not alone. We are battling this together. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn'sFitnessFood or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.